Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. If you haven't yet listened to part one of this series with Dr. Mallory, go listen to the first episode before this one. I know you are going to love it. Now let's get to part two. So what would so what are your thoughts on women's nutrition? Are you um, you know big advocate for healthy fats or more of a high protein? Like what are your kind of general philosophies with nutrition and food? I would say general philosophies. It's it depends on the person, right? If someone is really highly insulin um, sort of insulin resistant, which means that they're constantly craving, if they have these patterns where um, lots of anxiety, can't stop eating carbohydrates, then it would be a little bit more of a stricter protocol, like kind of um, focused on protein, focused on good fats. I, I really am a proponent of making sure that we have really great protein, really great fats, because hormones are created from fat. So if we are diminishing our fat fat production or fat um, consumption, we are going to be diminishing hormone production. So mm-hmm. I love... It depends on the pattern, how necessarily strict you go. I'm not a big proponent of being uh, very restrictive because I love having variety in our diet. I think restricting ourselves in any significant way long-term is more detrimental than it is beneficial, even psychologically. Um, But making sure that we have balanced nutrition for that we have really great quantities of protein, at least 20 grams a meal. A lot of women run low in protein, that we have great sources of fat, whether it's oils, whether it's nut butters, whether it is nuts, whatever it may be in our diet. And also making sure that we have great fiber, like Mm -hmm. 60 to 75% of us are low in fiber, which affect our body's ability to process hormones. So if we're not eating tons of leafy greens, if we're not having lots of berries, if we're not having lots of natural fiber sources, it's going to slow down our gut. It's going to imbalance our gut, which over time can imbalance our hormones. Mm-hmm. So my one like random concern I've had, I eat meat yeah. and I always try to get really good quality meat. Um, but a random concern I have is the hormones in meat. And mm-hmm. I, I eat it and I, I feel really good eating good quality meat. But, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Can we completely, you know, be eating hormone-free meat or is it something we should limit or what are your thoughts on that? I'm so curious. I would say, um, so there's different countries process meat differently. Um, I'm in Canada and they don't necessarily have the ability to pump a lot of hormones into meats, but I... You're right. There are certain hormones that go into meat products. Now, in terms of consuming meat, it they do have really great sources of protein, great sources of fat, um, amino acids, which are the protein builders in the body. They have lots of like B vitamins. So meat is, in my eyes, in terms of hormonal balance, is very important to have in your diet, in particular if you are someone that has a lot of nutrient deficiencies. Now, creating and using great sources of meat obviously is ideal for sure. Um, picking great sources of meat, but that's also incredibly expensive and unattainable for a lot of people. And so 
I would say that it's also important to utilize and understand, not just from a meat perspective, um, where are other sources of, it's called xenoestrogens, which are um, external sources of um, estrogen that are coming into your diet through your uh, makeup, through your cleaning products, through the plastics that you use, uh, and not just the meat component, because we can diminish and eliminate a lot of those endocrine disruptors, it's called, by looking mm-hmm. at the whole picture. Because just focusing on meat, in my perspective anyways, because I always want to be as inclusive as possible, just focusing in and putting it out there that we have to have organic meats can be a big stress and pressure on a lot of people. And they can think that, well, Jesus, now I can't even, I'm either going to not eat meat or I can't even get the best stuff. So I can't balance my hormones if I don't have um, access to really clean, organic, free range meat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's your thoughts around the food you're eating too, right? Like, I don't know the exact story with what happened with Tay, um, both mm-hmm. of our really good friend, but wasn't she like allergic to dairy or something? And then it was just like a mindset shift or I forget exactly what she told me because it was ages ago, but now she like is eating ice cream and stuff and she's totally fine. Yes. I can't exactly remember. She went to someone with something, but you're right. Like the... In, like the inflammatory process can be triggered through psychological means. So stress mm-hmm. does diminish the lining of the gut. It does reduce our stomach acid levels. It does impair our absorption. But also if we're eating foods that we're, that we are not um, designed to be consuming, like if we are sensitive to dairy and we're consistently eating it and we're feeling a low level of bloating or discomfort on a regular basis, then that certainly is going to impact us more than anything. And so sometimes when women don't understand exactly what's going on, I will clean up their diet to a point where, similar to what you do, I will clean up their diet where it's focused on like whole foods and then slowly introduce some foods back in so that they have this intuitive hit to know what they're reacting to. Because Mm -hmm. everybody is very different. Every immune system is different. Every genetic pattern is different. And so- that self-exploratory, self-discovery path of what foods mean the most and what foods sit well with you. And it could be things like headache. It could be things like acne. It could be things like joint pain where we don't necessarily associate to our diet, but it is affecting our immune system and our hormonal balance, which is ultimately causing those symptoms. So I would say if you are really um, at a loss if some of the symptoms that I'm talking about resonate with you, then it is great to seek out some of those resources. It is great to seek out with a to seek out a professional that can help you and guide you because it's it's a little bit of a black hole when you go down some of these rabbit holes of what to do, how to balance hormones, how to get more sleep. And I'm all about self-advocacy. I I love it. I love it. But um Knowing when you need a little bit more help is important because there are lots of resources, lots of guides, lots of people that can support you in figuring out what's best for your body, not just Mm -hmm. the body. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So I also want to touch on a little bit more regarding the mind-body connection. Do you believe that we can heal ourselves from most things? Like, What are your thoughts on Mm -hmm. thinking and manifesting 
your way to either being healthier or even getting into, you know, manifesting your dream life and your dream career, whatever it is that you want. What are your thoughts on kind of that connection, um, your mental, physical, mental, and kind of, you know, real reality here? Totally. So if you had asked me four or five years ago, I would be so fixated on what is, right? Like the symptoms, the um, the conditions, all of that. But asking me now, I've only learned that to know how much I don't know, which means that I am a big believer in the power of our mind, in the power of our capacity in the power of the energy exchange that we have amongst people in the power of our boundaries and manifestation. I'm a big believer that when we understand how our brain and our minds and the true power that they have, we can use it for incredible, extraordinary things rather than becoming conditioned and designed into a certain pattern that we repeat continuously for sometimes a lifetime. So I'm a big mm-hmm. believer in the power of our mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen any of your own manifestations kind of shock you or make you have like a jaw-dropping moment? Well, yeah. It's it's funny because when you become a little bit more in tune with the spiritual world, it's it's fascinating. But um oh, I, I definitely have. And it's when you recognize, and it's interesting because there's this, I'm trying to figure out if I should talk about things like this yet. It's, it might be a little deep, but when you understand or recognize the power of the subconscious mind, like which has 95% of the brain's power, the subconscious mind is what we are not aware of. It's not our active thinking mind. It's where our beliefs, where our emotions, where our behaviors, when you understand that the subconscious mind is controlling so much and you really connect spiritually and you connect emotionally and you connect um, psychologically with that and you connect with people's belief systems and you start to dissipate them and dismantle them and you start to really see behavioral change. Because if you just kept it on the surface, if you just kept talking about um, your thoughts, if you just kept talking about the words that you use, if you just talked about um, everything that you're thinking on the surface level, you're only connecting with about 5% of your brain's power. When you really dive down deeply and you understand conditioned emotions, the subconscious brain, how our behavior is influenced, how this influences our autonomic nervous system, which means um, everything that happens in our body automatically, like our hormones, like our breathing, like our immune system, um, is happening at a subconscious level. And when we can harness the power of the subconscious brain, and there's various different things to do that. Some people do hypnotherapy. Some people do um, EMDR. There's different ways. Some people are very, very spiritual. They pray, they release, they meditate. I'm a big believer in meditation that can reach that subconscious level. Then you're working with 95% of the power of the brain. And so you're Mm -hmm. tapping into the well of resources versus the well of resources that just tries to keep you focused and controlling everything in your environment and everything around you. Um, when you have the capacity and the tools to tap into a deeper level, it's 
endless. Yeah, it really is. It's so cool. And I feel like this is just something I'm super interested in right now. I'm learning a lot more about energy and law of attraction and just kind of being that person that you want to be before actually being her in real life and that blurring that line so much that you actually end up just being her. And it is revolutionary. And all I want to do is talk about it. And I'm just so happy we're on the same page with this. It's it's very cool. And the interesting thing is, is that your hormones, your brain, your body doesn't know the difference between a lived experience and a, like in a thought experience. So when you create, when you intentionally create thought experiences that are more aligned with who you actually are, where you actually want to go, how you genuinely see yourself at the core, what you're doing is you're not only um, flooding your body with feel-good hormones, it's not only flooding your body with serotonin and dopamine, it doesn't just feel good, you're actually retraining your brain because Mm -hmm. where we place our focus will determine our reality. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. That's why visualizing is so freaking powerful because it's like, and this is what I do every morning, a 30-minute meditation, intensely visualizing Mm -hmm. how I want to feel, what I want, how much money I want, how much, you know, how many amazing relationships, like just how I want to feel in my energized body, how I want to influence the world, just everything amazing I can imagine, just visualizing it for 30 minutes every day. And I'm telling you, Mallory, my life has just effortlessly gotten better and better and better. And I'm telling totally. you, it's linked to the freaking meditations. It is. It's incredible. Like uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza does this all the time, these like visualization meditations. And it's one strategy that you can use to really dismantle and recognize beliefs, limiting beliefs, like these boxes that we place ourselves in. And when you use, because oftentimes we have this, we're born with incredibly powerful imaginations, but we, over time, become conditioned to use it to forecast or to fear or to project what's going to happen that's bad. But when we rein it back in and use it in our favor to what's good, then your entire body, your entire hormonal cascades, how your immune system, how your gut operates, it it completely, completely changes. And so you manifest that being by already being it. Oh my gosh. Everyone listening right now, probably if you think about it, know what I'm saying. And this is the first podcast where my guest has mentioned Dr. Joe Dispenza before me. (laughs) (laughs) I am literally obsessed with him and everyone knows this and I'm so happy that you mentioned him because I you know I talk about him in every freaking podcast I might as well just like have a few where I don't talk about him but he is like a god to me and I'm so happy that you mentioned him because his work is so fascinating it is all science fact which is amazing. And that's kind of what got me into believing all this. You know, I never used to be all, you know, as spiritual as I am right now. Mm-hmm. And that door was opened to me by learning more about Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and then other people's work as well, obviously. But his science approach to all of it mm-hmm. makes so much sense in my more so analytical and spiritual mind. So I, yeah. I, I totally, yeah, I'm happy that you mentioned him. I love his stuff. And it just really, I'm excited to see what comes from a lot of this new research. You know, it's still very taboo, you know, in, in today's world, it's getting more popular and more popular, but 
I'm so excited to see how, you know, the healthcare system changes over the next few decades. I'm excited to see what people can do with the power of their minds and, mm-hmm. and just the new realities around energy work and completely just creating our own destiny through mind and meditation. Oh, I completely agree. And I think spirituality, like, so spirituality, um, all the strategies that you're talking about, what it does is that there's a foundation of trust there. Like there's a sense of trust. And so anxiety itself, like the experience of anxiety is a patterned emotional response that we fall into and originates from our thoughts and depends on relying on false information and controlling the future. So anxiety is all about control. It's all about our thoughts. And when we open our minds up to a level of trust, a level of awareness, a level of understanding that who we are is more than just how we see ourselves, then we it's an opportunity to let go of the sense of control all the time. It's an opportunity to just sort of release everything that we're trying to control and manufacture and manipulate in other people in order to make ourselves feel okay. So I think spirituality, meditation, um, different forms that we're talking about, visualizations, they're also incredible strategies for harnessing the power of our imagination and our mind to relinquish control, which is a conditioned pattern that we all get stuck in that promotes anxiety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And you know, it's funny, the Joe Dispenza meditations are incredible, very intense, yeah. but they're so incredible. And yeah. as you know, I have my subscription platform that I've just launched last month and I have my own guided meditations in there too, very mm-hmm. different stuff. Um, you know, I definitely got inspired by doing Joe Dispenza meditations myself because they were the only ones out there that I felt were really action oriented. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not, I don't know about you. And I, I listen, I should also try to do this other type of meditation, but I just don't, I don't like yeah. sitting and thinking of nothing. It's just, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. I know, you know, all these yogis might think you should do that. It's good, but I, I don't care. The, the thing that gets me going with meditation is the meditations that make me feel like I'm already my future self. So I created a lot of those that are very results driven um, in mm-hmm. Mimi Method. And I'm so excited for you to try them as well. Let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's funny because I was actually, I'm doing this course right now um, on hypnotherapy and NLP mm-hmm. and, um, you know, EFT and everything. So I think that's what it is. Yeah. I, I just started the course. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, it's interesting. I think all these meditations we're talking about, they're actually hypnotherapy because apparently the difference between meditation and hypnotherapy is that meditation is just observing your thoughts without a huge end goal in mind. It's just, you know, more relaxing. And then hypnotherapy is more action driven where you're intensely visualizing, you have a goal in mind or you're, you know, trying to manifest more actively. So it's so interesting. I actually learned that the other day and I'm calling all my meditations, meditations, Dr. Joe Dispenza calls his meditations. I think they're more hypnotherapy because they actually have the more results than just meditating. I, I almost want to call it hypnotherapy because, mm-hmm. you know, me just saying meditation changed my life. It's like, I used to roll my eyes with people that said that, right? So right. it's just, no, I might, you know, I don't know if I'll change the words, but yeah. No, I, I, it's true though. Like it's, like I, I know a lot of people that would resonate with that and say like, I don't even know. For one, I think it's impossible. I think that that's probably a misnomer that people think when you're meditating, you have to clear your mind. 
that's pretty impossible to clear your mind. It's just sort of creating that idea of accepting things come and go. But I know what you mean. It's hard to sort of hold your focus if that's not how you're wired. If you're more wired to be on, then something that has that end goal in mind, something that is that visualization can be really appealing. And I, I get that. I'm, I'm all about that too, because it feels like, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do something. And I also love to intermix sort of that clear your, just sit and use your breath. But I love that um, tool and that strategy that you can use and sort of using your mind and playing with your imagination in your favor versus mm getting stuck in sort of these conditioned brain responses. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, it's funny too, on on the topic of manifestation, um, you know, and I'm sure you've experienced the same thing, you know, visualizing and acting as if and being your future self so often in, in meditations and just, you know, the whole law of attraction thing has made it so that when I actually achieve these things and these feelings in real life, I don't even notice that I'm there because I've, I'm so used to the feeling. So mm-hmm. you have to really look back and, and you're like, wow, like, mm-hmm. you know, if I look at my life the past seven, eight months, completely changed. And I don't even notice it because mm-hmm. it's like I was already that person before I was her by intensely visualizing and acting as if so things happen. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that's just who I am. But in reality, mm-hmm. it wasn't until it happened, right? Totally. So that's a yeah. cool thing to note. Yeah. And I think it's in, like, that's kind of how the brain works, right? Like it, when we have like the triangle that we alluded to, like the thoughts condition, like a, a regular occurring thought will eventually get attached to a regular occurring emotion, which will eventually become a regular occurring behavior. And if it's not aligned for your body will turn out to be symptoms. And so when you are having, when you're intentionally curating thoughts that support you and that are in alignment with your vision in alignment with who you are and how you want to feel, you're, you're attaching and conditioning emotions to that intentionally versus allowing your experience or allowing your perspective or allowing trauma or the past or whatever it may be, do it automatically. So in a way it's releasing control and in another way you're regaining control. Mhm. Yeah, exactly. You're designing your life. Yes, you, I love that word. Yeah, me too. Do you think there are other ways and you know on top of meditating and mm-hmm. hypnotherapy that people can achieve this cuz I I know it's a bit harder when you're more mm-hmm. conscious and you're not in that subconscious mind and I'm actually curious myself what you're going to say about mm-hmm. this cuz I found that meditating hypnotherapy has been the number one thing. Are there any other things that you do that kind of generate the same results or similar? So I would say um, the thing that comes to the top of mind would be sort of this deep self-care. And so it, it isn't necessarily about face masks or bath and those things are great and I love them and trust me, I use them all the time, but it's when you're, when you recognize that your insides match your outsides. So it's the ability to ask yourself, are you expressing how you feel? Like, are you telling people how you feel or are you holding it in? Are you aware of what supports you? Do you know what lights you up? Are you making time for it? Are you celebrating yourself? Are you reveling in who you are or are you focusing on who you aren't? Uh, Are you aware of your triggers? Are you balancing accountability with compassion? Um, Are you balancing productivity with patience? What are your boundaries? 
rather than do you, not necessarily do you have boundaries? What are they? Identify them. Mm-hmm. What am I not going to allow anymore? Um, how are you communicating to others? Are you editing yourself when you want to say something and you're editing yourself? Are you speaking your mind? So, and are you leaning on your support system? Do you know that you have support? Who are those people? Who lights you up? Who increases the internal thermostat of who you are higher versus taking it down? So I think that deep self-care when you really get to know yourself and it's messy. I think a lot of people have this idea that um, growth, personal growth is easy or it's really comfortable. And I think that that's false because you're really dismantling a lot of things that created your current reality. And it questions a lot of things and and who you are and what you stand for and how you express yourself and how you feel. And so I think deep self-care is when you are committed to matching the inside to the outside and you're committed to learning about yourself and vowing to show up in all your glory, the messy, the complex, the beautiful, the extraordinary human being that you are. It's when we start to accept all of those pieces that when we accept all of who we are, we no longer are a threat to be triggered all the time. We're no longer going to be put into the stress response because everything isn't triggering. Everything isn't a stress. So Mm -hmm. when your mind is your biggest asset and you use your emotions for navigation and you intentionally choose pleasure, you intentionally understand yourself and you know yourself, then you are capable of disarming these patterns. You are capable of really showing up as yourself. Versus Your authentic this, self. Yes, this edited version of who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, because I'm now thinking back to when I was super insecure, cared so much what people thought of me. This yeah. is just even a couple, a short couple of years ago. And now totally. I still do sometimes, but not to the extent that I used to. And I think back to those times where I cared so much and I went out to be seen and I wanted people to think of me in a certain way. And I always did things to impress other people. And I look back and I'm like, I I was just trying to think right now. It's like, why did I do that? Because I I don't think that's valuable to me anymore whatsoever. But I realize it's because I felt the need to feel worth that was outside of myself. But then when I realized that in, in, you know, in, in reality, I didn't really care about those people. So why was I trying to impress them so much when I actually didn't really care about them? And the second that I just completely surrendered and thought to myself, I don't even, these people aren't even important in my life. Like I actually do not care about them. They, you know, they're not even that nice to me. Like I can, I'm just going to be authentically me. And then I became authentically me. And it's funny because a few months later, a few years later, they're messaging me being like, Hey, like, how are you? And I'm like, Oh my God, I wanted your attention for so long. And you only come to me when, (laughs) when I've evolved and I just step into my truth. Right. Totally. And it's never about them, right? It's always about Mm -hmm. the idea of, because when you believe something about yourself, your brain like takes your word for it. If you believe that you're not good enough, your brain believes you that you're not good enough. And it will look for evidence to confirm that every day. So it's not just you got you and your boyfriend broke up. It's the relationship was failed because I'm not good enough. It's not that you didn't do great on the test. It's I failed that test because I'm not good enough. It it sets the tone for how you see yourself. So 
when we are constantly trying to feel validated or we're constantly trying to show up perfect, it's a behavioral adaptation to thinking that something is wrong with us. When the truth Mm -hmm. is, is that nothing is wrong with you and your brain is just designed to show you evidence for what you believe. So it's never about the other people. It's about what does this mean in terms of me? Why do I need this validation? And that's the opportunity. Like we talked about, that's the opportunity to say, okay, what is this actually showing me? Yeah. And that's the opportunity for the more messy, but incredibly powerful work. Mm -hmm. All goes back to that authenticity. And I am just thinking again of other kind of actionable tips for the listeners. And the other thing on top of self-exploration, obviously um, meditating, hypnotherapy, journaling and just like like you said spending time on yourself like spending time off of technology is something yeah. i think i we need to talk about more because people especially this generation my generation your generation like we are on our phones mm-hmm. so much and it's such an addiction and we don't think it's that big of a deal everyone does it everyone's on their phone all the time but i've realized yeah. that it's like holy shit, like it actually really negatively impacts a lot of our lives. Just we yeah. did, we go there to get distracted when we're sitting with something uncomfortable or we go there and we're just numbing our brains out. And then we look back and it's been five years and we haven't even fucking advanced or sorry, excuse my no, friend. Totally. Like just complete, we haven't advanced. And it's, if we weren't on our phones in those times of uncomfort and growth, we would have advanced. Right. So mm-hmm. something really big right now, I'm trying to kind of you know, practice myself and preach. It's like, get off your phone sometimes and just like, you know, have boundaries with that. A hundred percent. And I think it's important to note that social media is specifically designed, specifically designed for for it to be addictive. It Mm -hmm. is designed to capture your attention. It is designed to use the part of your brain that's obsessed with comparing yourselves to other people It's designed to um, notify you and to receive that hit of dopamine every time you get a like or you get a comment or whatever it may be. It's specifically designed. I actually know of, I don't know him, but I know of the doctor that is sort of called the, used to be the millionaire maker, but now it's probably the billionaire maker in Silicon Valley. His name's Dr. BJ Fogg. And he, he was a, he's a behavioral psychologist and he helped Apple. He helped Google design apps, which are addicting. And so when you are consistently comparing yourself to others, when you are consistently seeing edited, filtered, um, diluted versions of who people actually are, and you're comparing this manufactured idea of who someone is with your real self in the thick of it, it isn't apples to apples. It's, it's not the truth. But we live so much of our time now, especially because a lot of us are home, we live so much of our time in that sort of alternative reality and we don't give ourselves the opportunity to step back and we don't give ourselves like the reprieve for the stress response to just step back and acknowledge that the information that we are consuming is at an all-time high, whether it's from social media or the news the news knows that your brain holds on to negative information better. The news knows that it's more captivating to discuss negative information more. And that's why you will change your behavior in order to become addicted to feeling informed, yet 
rather than feeling informed, you're feeling overwhelmed. So knowing that these mechanisms are designed to capture your attention and to, to take the mental shares of your brain is helpful, but also knowing that it's okay to step back because when you feel like you're highly attached to something, it feels kind of weird to step away from it. You sort of feel like you're missing out on something. You sort of feel like you kind of should be on there, but waiting that refractory period where you can actually step back and have a sense of freedom from your phone, a sense of freedom from the news, you get to focus on what the real story of your life and your experience is versus Mm -hmm. what the comparative story from all this inundation with information, because your brain is just taking it all in. It's not necessarily fact-checking. It's just consuming it all and leaning it against your beliefs, leaning it against memories, leaning it against your fears and using it as fuel oftentimes. And so I love to tell people, like, if you're on social media, be intentional about who you follow, like curate, Mm -hmm. like it can be powerful. You can curate it with like really incredible women and inspiring and informative. And if it's just something that when you go on and it's incredibly triggering, that's information, that's a gift. If you know where you're triggered, that's a gift to keep going and see why. So, and Mm -hmm. how to change it. So yeah. that can be one some of your boundaries. If you're really triggered by social media, start on following people that, and it doesn't mean that there's no slight against them. It's just about where you're creating boundaries and it's not healthy for you. It's all about <laughs> self-development and, and for you. Um, yeah. start, start creating an environment because your environment is everything. Mm, yeah. The amount of people I've even just muted that if they're kind of friends and I just don't like their negative content resharing negative stuff or just stuff I don't even agree with, like yeah. very political yeah. stuff that, you know, they're just trying to push their views. And I'm just like, I'm not interested in this. I mute them. I honestly yeah. mute relentlessly. I unfollow pages that I'm not interested in. I want to surround my brain with what I want more of, essentially. And totally. I I think it's it's huge. I urge people to create a daily routine where they have at least a couple hours off of technology, whether that's in the afternoon or make it super easy, turn your phone on airplane mode an hour before bed and don't turn it off of airplane, um, of airplane mode until an hour after you wake up. That's what I yes. do or two hours. Totally. But that, that first that's hour it, is you know? so important. Yes. That first hour is so important. It sets the tone of your day. Cause when your cortisol is spiking and you grab your phone and you grab your email, it just is fuel for cortisol. So that first hour, that transition is huge. And I think it's mm-hmm. also important to know that I think some people um, can gather that when you put up boundaries, when you're, you're eliminating people from your life that don't feel like they really align or not even people, but more so their content, it does kind of maybe sound like it's supposed to all be positive, right? And it's not necessarily that it's we're only allowed to feel one acceptable mindset because that can actually be pretty toxic when we don't allow ourselves to actually be and feel. And it's toxic because it insinuates that there's a right and a wrong way to feel and happiness, joy, positivity is the only right way. And so everything else must be wrong. And that's not necessarily the case. It's about knowing yourself, like knowing your triggers, what supports you, not trying to curate a picture perfect, positive, life because that's not realistic. That will only stress you out even further because it's unattainable. Um, But it's about knowing what serves you. And the more you know yourself, the more you're going to know what serves you. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Mallory, we have been talking for an hour and 10 minutes. I know. And this I know. is just crazy. <laughs> I know. I feel like if you were here, you'd just have to stay the night. I know. Like we'd that. have to have a sleepover. Yeah, totally. Hours <laughs> oh, and hours my gosh. Oh, I, I'm so sad to have to end this, but I'm going to make it a two-part episode, well, two episodes because there's just so much information and I love how this conversation turned into more of the spirituality stuff and it started with more of the, you know, basic, you know, hormones and, and women's health and nutrition and all that. I just love this all. It went by so quickly and I just want to say thank you so much, honestly. Pleasure. My absolute pleasure. It was effortless and easy, and you know it's right when that's the case. So my absolute pleasure. Yes. I absolutely loved it, and I will be here with this figuring out this tech and talking to you anytime. <laughs> I love it. So quickly before we go, where can yeah. our listeners find you? You're are you taking on new clients at the moment digitally? Yeah. You guys, ladies, I'm being completely honest. If you have any health issues or any predictions of health issues. If you're a woman and you have imbalanced hormones or gut issues, I'm telling you, go to Dr. Mallory. She is the only person that was able to help my sister when she went to traditional medicine. They didn't do these tests on her. She wouldn't know that she had Hashimoto's disease until, uh, or she wouldn't have known unless Dr. Mallory got involved. So there's so many underlying issues that could be going around. And I just want to really just say like, you know, trust me, go, go to Dr. Mallory. If you feel like there's something that, that you need, you need solving, where can everyone find you? And, uh, like I said, do, are you taking on clients even at the moment <laughs> before oh, I promote you? <laughs> no, that's so, so sweet and so kind. So yes, I guess the easiest way to find me, um, in real time would be, uh, on Instagram, I guess that's how you and I chatted. And now we do text. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, Dr. Uh, on Instagram. And I do work with a handful of women a month on a one-to-one basis. Uh, I also developed a membership group. So it's about, it's $29 Canadian a month. And I jump on once a week for an hour and we talk about a topic. So the first month was anxiety and all the videos are on there. And then right now we're in hormones. Um, And so you can join at any time. I wanted to have, I love sharing, I love educating, and I do fully appreciate and honor the power of community. And so Mm. the connection of women, I think that that's an incredibly powerful connection to have women supporting one another. And so, yeah, I have the membership and you can reach out to me at any time if you want to work together. Um, And yeah, I'm all about it. I love, I love supporting women in any way and shape or form that that looks like. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Okay, guys, go check her go check her out. Dr. Mallory, dr.mallory on Instagram and send her a DM. Let us know how you liked these episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.